You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Very nice to see each of you here today on this rainy morning. Uh, that rain's enough to scare a few folks off, maybe. I don't know, but I'm glad you're here and uh, braved the rain, even though it did mess up your hair. No offense, but I did notice. Um, just kidding. I'm offended. Yeah, yeah, Chad. <laughs> it just bounced right off the oil that he puts on his head before he heads out in the morning. Shines are up. Uh, all right. Uh, pardon me while I get my stuff together here. Um, 
I think I'll make a couple announcements now if we're not on YouTube yet. Uh, then I'll probably reiterate them later. A couple things I wanted to mention. One thing I wanted to kind of get, get out there quick so we can get back on track with the, the piano search. Um, there was just a, some information. One of the things I'm trying to do before, especially before a big $30,000 type of meeting, uh, is I had actually vowed some time ago that I would give not only two weeks notice, but also like two weeks notice with two weeks worth of information. In other words, the information. So we didn't do that. So one of the things that came along with that, switch over. One of the things that came along with that was uh, somebody like the next day looked into, they could basically, the only thing, the only information that, that was presented that was unintentionally misleading was that there was somebody that just basically went and searched the exact same piano and where we were getting estimates from the, from the dealers or whoever and the repair people that, you know, our piano, like they basically give us a thousand or 1500, um, whatever. It wasn't worth that much. And that's just what they would give us. So it wasn't necessarily, but it was just a miscommunication, I believe in a sense, because basically somebody did, did some research and found out that, that I think that model piano, and I want, I want Ryan, I want to be able to get this out to folks, but uh, that it, uh, what was it, sold up to 8,000 bucks. Uh, that model doesn't mean it was in the exact shape or whatever this one was in, but it was just enough to where I said, well, I don't want anybody to think that we were intentionally presenting false information. So I don't really know where to go from here, but I did ask the piano searchers to pause their search long enough just for me to be able to share that information with people. Whether it changes anything or not, I don't know what it would change other than, hey, maybe we should consider trying to sell the piano versus trade it in for a thousand bucks. But, uh, but otherwise, I just kind of wanted people to know that, uh, have that information, and then I want to be able to send the uh, folks that are searching for the new piano back out searching again. All right, so, um, so if there's any, any questions about that, any idea, any uh, thoughts on anything at all? Does that change anything for anybody? Yeah, all right. Um, all right, so there was that, and then, man, there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Man, and I told Ryan I wanted to do an announcement today, so, so I'd mention it. Yeah, there's that, but that wasn't it. It was something you didn't know about. That makes it worse. Do you remember? I'm getting a raise. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll remember it later. So we'll. Uh... Yeah, I did mention the church planners conference. That was one I mentioned Wednesday. So I do. Uh, I don't know if anybody's able to come to that, but it's really a blessing. Yeah, we got a logo today, too, but that's, that's for people that's already been in the discussion with the logo. That's not going to be a, uh, a wide and broad meeting. You're welcome to be a part of it if you want to, but we're generally, that's for people, we're, there's a few of us that have been working, several people that have been working on that, and uh, we got one that we're going to present today to that group before we present it to the church. But yeah, because then I want to get money approved today, uh, and just so you know, I'll probably mention it again later. So since I'm going to mention it again later, I'll just mention it then instead of now. How about that? And I'll think of the other thing probably eventually too. Man, it's just frustrating. Ah, that's just my head and my life. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Titus, and you see that we are uh, on lesson eight of this deal, so that's exciting. And uh, the kids are heading back to their Sunday school classes. And...
tonight. And I want to begin by reading this text. This is the principle is going to be very familiar. The, the principle that I present is going to be very familiar to many of you because this is a principle that I'm very passionate about. And really, this principle is really at the heart of spiritual warfare. At the heart of spiritual warfare. But I like the way in this study that it was presented. Uh, I thought maybe in other ways that I haven't presented it or what have you. But I want to begin by reading Titus chapter number 3, verses 3 through 7, where the Bible says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lust. And uh, divers, what do we got there? What's that mean? Yeah, but yeah, that's a good way to think of it. It's just diverse. It's just different, many kinds of lust. What's lust mean? Desire. Remember, lust isn't always bad. It usually does seem to be framed in a bad context. But one, how's one of the ways we really know that lust isn't necessarily a bad word? I'll give you a hint. The Bible says that the spirit lusteth against the flesh. The Holy Spirit lusteth against the flesh. Which is just simply to say that the Spirit of God has other desires than what our fleshly desires are. So, But in this case... These are, in the context, foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. That's pretty grim, isn't it? But after the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And we're going to break that, we're going to break that passage down in just a moment. But the emphasis today, as you see, the title is New Life, Old Flesh, Understanding the the in-between component of salvation. The in-between component of salvation. We know that salvation is once and for all as far as being saved by grace through faith. We trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. We're saved. You're saved eternally at that moment. But we're not completely saved in the sense that we still have this old nature. We have not been fully redeemed. We still have the old nature. We still have this old body. And so the in-between of salvation. When did you get saved? Anybody? When did the Lord save you? All right, 1994. Anybody else? When did the Lord save you? 73, 79. Wow. 82. Rachel? 2020. Amen. There we go. Um, so here's the thing, though. From the time you got saved, some of y'all have been saved a while. Some of you more recent. But just because you got saved, was the battle over the day you got saved? No. Right? I mean, it, it, and so that's the in-between. There's an in-between between the redemption of our souls and the redemption of our body. There's an in-between. And it ties in with the fact that we are a three-part creation. 
right? And that's, that's where I said that, that part's going to be familiar with you because I talk a lot about that. So when we talk about a three-part salvation, or a three-part creation, by the way, that's the first blank. You are a three-part creation, and one of the big, the simplest proof texts as far as just a concise verse on that topic is 1 Thessalonians 5.23 there in your notes. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also, was dead also. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So we see repeated in the word of God is this concept that man is body, soul, and spirit. There's not too much of a debate that man is body and soul. I think in a sense we understand that what we are on the outside is not necessarily who we really are, not understood by everyone. But So A is, and, and those, those next three blanks are just body, soul, spirit. Body, soul, spirit. So we're body. Every one of us have a body. Uh, I think if there's anybody here without a body, I probably don't see you. But I'm glad you're here and listening. I'm just kidding. I promise. Uh, but we, we, we all, uh, because there, 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 there may be some here without a body, and I'm not glad they're here. I'll tell you. But, but anyway, uh, I'm just dumb sometimes. But uh, body. We all have a body. Uh, that's pretty clear. And 2 Corinthians 5, verses 2 and 4, For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with upon our house, which is from heaven. For we that are in this, this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. So the idea is, he said, man, we're living in, he, he, in that case, he's looking at our body like a tent, a tabernacle. We're in this temporary structure, but man, I'm really looking forward to having that permanent structure, that brand new body. He says, man, I'm groaning for this. I'm earnestly desiring this. But why? Because we groan. We're burdened uh, in this tabernacle. Living in this body is a burden, something to deal with. And then B is soul. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Um, so that we, we, man is a soul, and I will expound on these just more in a little bit. And then spirit. Howbeit he, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And if you look at that, that's the Holy Spirit guiding our spirit. First uh, Corinthians two twelve. For we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us. And uh, Galatians 5, 16, I'm skipping down there, and verse 25. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So we're body, soul, and spirit. And so salvation, therefore, is a three-part miracle. We're body, soul, and spirit, so we're going to stay on the theme of three. And by the way, we believe this to be one of the key teachings of man being created in the image of God, that we are body, soul, and spirit. But the good news is salvation is a three-part miracle. That's the second blank on the back of the page there, a three-part miracle. 
1 Corinthians 1.30, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And we read Titus already, but I'll read it again because this, it, it kind of breaks it down and I've never, used, I've never used this passage to break this down, but we see it repeated in the Word of God. Titus 3 verse 4, But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. He saved us. How? By the washing of regeneration. What's another word for regeneration? Uh, reborn, yes, thank you. And, and I ask questions sometimes that there's maybe more than one answer broadly, but more specifically, new birth. The new birth, regenerated. Uh, the new birth, the washing of regeneration. And the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed abroad upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. So think about that. We were washed the moment we were born again, but then the Bible says in addition to that, there is the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord. That being justified by grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So let's look at the, I want to break this passage down a little bit and show you some other biblical principles. Our salvation is a three-part miracle. A, regeneration. Regeneration. The Bible says in Romans 8 verse 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So when we were saved, the moment we were saved by the grace of God, Jesus calls that being born again. We were born again. We were changed. We were spiritually rebirthed. Uh, we were spiritually made alive in Jesus Christ, being born again. And there's a transformation there. There's a newness there. But so there's not only regeneration, then he says by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. So B is renewal. Renewal. 2 Corinthians 4.16 for which cause we faint not. And this is the second time we've read this verse, and I'm glad because when you read that, those first three words, or let's see, let's, well, really, for which cause. Yeah, those first three words, for which cause. That ought to stop and make you ask something, right? What cause? What cause? And we're going to see that in just a moment because that gets into, this is getting into our daily lives. You were regenerated once. You were born again once. But then after that, there's renewal. For this cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is what? Renewed. How often? Day by day. So there's something progressive going on here. There's something going on that's a day by day prospect. The outward man is perishing. The inward man is renewed day by day. Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.23, And be renewed in the spirit of what? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And, uh, and then Colossians 3.10, And have put on the new man which is renewed. How's it renewed? In knowledge, after the image of him that created him. 
renewal. That's what we're going to be focusing on primarily today. Well, because I, don't want to, I do, do not want to assume that everyone here is born again, that you have been regenerated. Because uh, if you have not been regenerated, you need to be born again. You need to be saved by the grace of God. The last part of this is redemption. That's number three, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the, the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Ephesians 4.30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. So salvation is a three-part miracle. Regeneration, renewal, and ultimate redemption. And as we think about this three-part miracle, Again, regeneration is being saved. Redemption, we're looking at as the future prospect. So we're saved. If you're saved, it's certain you're born again, right? And therefore, you're looking forward to the return of the Lord. You're looking forward to the day that you are able to enter into God's presence because you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But the in-between, that's where we live. The in-between is renewal. By the Holy Ghost, by knowledge, it says right here, by renewing your mind day by day. That's where victory is either won or lost, is in day to day. You know, some of us want, in our Christian lives, we want some kind of equivalent to salvation in the sense that we, we, when we trusted Christ, man, we were saved once and for all. It's, it's signed, sealed, soon to be delivered. It's done. And oftentimes we spend much of our Christian lives trying to find this one solution that's going to make us renewed, not being renewed, renewed, good. Man, I'm good until Jesus comes now. No more struggle with the flesh. No more struggle with the old life. No more struggle with the old desires. I'm good. But the Bible teaches us that that is not the way it works. The Bible teaches us that it's day by day, every day. Now, we may learn something today, and we can because that's where the knowledge comes in and that's where our minds come in at. We may learn something that's going to equip us to be able to live victoriously until Jesus comes. But it's not just like a one-time thing necessarily. Um, and so that's what we're going to be focusing on just in just a little bit. Um, and I'm, I'm giving you this whole, I'm doing this a lot different than like especially last week. I think I, I went off and talked about a lot of other stuff. Then I just came back and gave you the blanks. This week I'm going through the outline. Then I'm going to kind of back, go back from there. All right. So salvation is a three-part miracle. Number three, and, and the last one of the outline is you are God's progress. You were God, I'm sorry, work in progress. You were God's work in progress. Would anybody argue with that? You are God's work in progress. I mean, if you were to look at us, if, if you could see the spiritual side of us today, there is caution, construction ahead, right? That's how we need to learn to pr proceed toward one another. We better, we better get that off a of cruise and, and, and tread lightly because this person's under construction. They've got a lane shut down, right? 
Um, there's something being done here. You might want to wear a hard hat because something might come down on your head around these people. You just, it's under construction. Folks, we are God's work in progress. And that's what we need to understand. And man, that's a beautiful thing. You know, uh, I, I, just, I just thought of another passage, which is a great passage, you know, that just resonated with me early on in my Christian life. Ephesians chapter number 2, you know, where it, it starts off by saying, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So again, you just follow this. And that's one of the things I love about good Bible teaching and preaching and learning is when you're learning what God's Word teaches, you find it in principle repeated over and over again in the Word of God. Because in the passage I'm sharing with you, you see that shared again. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know, then it goes on to say, we're in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the world, the spirit that now worketh in the, dis uh, the, the children of disobedience, among whom we've all had our conversation in times past, and the lust of the flesh, and, and fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins... Uh, hath quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are you saved, and hath set us together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we were dead, we were lost, hallelujah, we've been regenerated. Wonderful. But then he goes on to say, not by works of righteousness, not by works lest any man should boast. But then verse 10 says, and we are his what? Workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained. And by the way, that's, that's what predestination is. That God has predestined, preordained uh, that we be conformed to the image of his son. That after we're saved by God's grace, that, we, that this work that God does in our heart, it's, it's a work in progress. And every one of us are a work in progress. And so, again, I'm just going to emphasize this because I'm going to give you the outline and then we'll kind of go back and unpack it and discuss it a little bit. Uh, you're God's work in progress. It starts with A, the new birth. The new birth, so that's the next blank there, new birth. B, and this is probably where we'll spend the majority of our time, new mind, a new mind. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body, bodies uh, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You find that word renewing again that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The mind, a new mind, and then praise the Lord for this day, a new body. A new body. Can anybody use a new body? How's yours holding up? How's yours looking? Um, a new body. So those are some of the things we have to look forward to. But, 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 I, I, but here's the thing that gets me. It's, 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 it's kind of remarkable to me if you think about it as bible believing christians it shouldn't take us too long and as a church we believe in discipleship around here so we man praise god for the people that we're seeing saved right but there ought to be a desire after a person is truly saved that they start thinking to themselves man i got other people i'd love to see get saved 
I've got other friends. I've got other people I care about. So, so they want to share the gospel with somebody else. And so pretty quick order, and it was so awesome. Uh, Jody, you said you didn't mind me telling some of your story. Can I keep on telling your story? All right, so, uh, so, so and, and, and Jody, and, and I'm still excited, Jody's still excited. Jody just got saved uh, two weeks ago now, amen, August 27th, and after midnight, uh, and, uh, that, and she got saved, I say after midnight, because it seemed like it was Saturday night, but technically it was Sunday morning, that same morning we were going to be baptized, give, having a baptism, right? And uh, so Jody... She got saved. She wanted to be baptized. And man, she's just on fire for the Lord. And, uh, and she almost felt like, by the way, if you were there, she almost felt like she should apologize for getting excited like she did. You know what I say? We should probably be standing up to her and apologizing to her that we don't get excited. Oh, no, I apologize, Jody. I don't get excited because I'm worried what people think. There's times I've wanted to get excited, but then I've thought, oh, you know what? People may look at me funny. Or people may think I'm showboating. There's a problem with the very first word in that statement. People. Yeah, I and people. So we should probably be apologizing to Jody for that. Right? She was not. Yeah. Yeah. And she usually wouldn't be speaking up right now. <laughs> You'd have got, that's the change. It's, it's the renewal. It's what God's doing. But here's the thing. And so if you weren't there, you know, here's how it went. Uh, you know, we, she wants to talk to me. Well, what's going on? And she says, well, uh, I, I said, well, Jody, I said, I said, are you saved? And she said, yeah, I got saved last night. And I'm like, awesome. So then I went down in the water and, you know, to, to baptize her. Then just like I often do, uh, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Because I want people to make that public profession to, for everybody uh, within two feet of the water slide and everything to hear, right, out there. But anyway, for everyone to hear. But when I said, Jody, I said, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. Woo! Both hands up in the air. I mean, I don't think she learned that at the Lutheran Church or at uh, the Methodist Church or wherever, you know? Uh, yes. Woo! And uh, so then I baptized her. And some of y'all remember, she come up out of the baptized. Woo! Praising the Lord. And I'm telling you, Jody, that is 100% in order. It is 100% in order. Uh, but this is the cool thing. Because then afterwards, she's like, I've got questions. I, can, can I come talk, can, talk to you? And we met just a few days later, and uh, she's like, you know what? I had a lot of questions that I wrote down about the Bible, about life, about different things. But she said, then I just kind of, uh, uh, I, 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 but, but, you know, really, I think the, the main question I have now is, is I work with some girls that need Jesus. I work with some girls that need the Lord. I, I, have, I have some people that I love that need the Lord. Uh, how can I tell them? Ain't that beautiful? Right? And, and so the point that I'm trying to make is this. So therefore, uh, we talked about that, but then also uh, the, the advice I was given, because I, 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 you know it's cool, because Jody, I asked that same question um, 31 years ago when I got saved. When I start talking about years, I might start doing that because it makes me feel old. Uh, but 31 years ago when I got saved, I asked the same question. And the advice that somebody gave me, the similar conversation, but one of them said, here, go memorize this gospel tract, basically. Go memorize these verses. Get real familiar with it. And I went home and I wrote those verses down and tried to memorize them so I could share the gospel with somebody using those Bible verses. The point is, as a church that, number one, is trying to fulfill the Great Commission by preaching the gospel, telling everybody about Jesus, 
Number two, trying to baptize people. Number three, trying to disciple people. And one of the very first steps in that discipleship is teaching them how to lead someone else to Christ. So here's the thing that I'm, the point that I'm trying to make is this. We get saved, and if you get saved, you know you're saved. I say that understanding that many, many people struggle with doubts about their salvation. By the way, you probably didn't struggle with doubts about your salvation before you were saved. But that's another story, okay? Um, but I understand that people struggle with doubts about that. But, but I'm just trying to say, just bear with me here. You're saved and you know it. And now you even know how to be saved. You know how to tell somebody else to be saved. That's wonderful. And you know what else you know? You know that one day you're going to end up in heaven with Jesus Christ. And all the saints that have gone on before, you know those two things. And that is wonderful news. But here's the thing about it. Getting saved was one day in your life, one moment in your life. For some of you, more recent. For some of you, you know, in the 70s. I wasn't trying to make fun. Uh, Nellie thought that was funny. But uh, for some of you, more recent, some of you in the 70s. But the point is, so, so you know you're saved. You know all about that. But it was one moment, a wonderful moment that we'll be rejoicing about all eternity. And you know that you're going to heaven. How glorious. But here's the thing. Now you've got a lifetime to live in between those two things. And it seems like Christians know they're saved, know they're going to heaven. But they don't know a whole lot about this in between. Right? And that's where, that's where my passion comes in at. Because that's where discipleship, that's where teaching, that's where renewal comes in at. The renewal of the mind. That's where knowledge comes in at. Not just magical little answers and quippy little, you know, uh, nice little cliches. But I'm talking about real life understanding and renewal. The working of the Holy Ghost of God renewing your mind. Being renewed day by day. That's something that just not enough Christians are familiar with. That renewal of the mind. Uh, does, I think about it this way. I'm going to back up because you thought I forgot about it. But for, for which cause? For which cause we faint not? But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For which cause? What in the world is he referring to here? I've got it in my notes somewhere. Um, well, somebody read it if you got it. Anybody open, open to 1 Corinthians? Or is that 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians, um, yeah, 2 Corinthians 4. That's 16. What's 15 say? Second Corinthians four fifteen. Somebody read it. No. All right, and then it continues for which calls we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And in this case, verse 17 reveals more about this cause. For which cause? For, so he's building on this, for our light affliction. What kind of afflictions do you have, by the way? Do you have light afflictions? Paul had light afflictions. I don't know about you. Paul only had light afflictions. 
He was only beaten about three times to within one stroke of death. He only spent about 36 hours shipwrecked out in sea. He only spent, I don't know how many years in prison. He was, uh, he, he had times to where literally his clothing wore out and he had no proper clothing to wear. He spent time of uh, not without food. He spent time being betrayed. He spent time on the run. So he just had light afflictions. Not like yours and not like mine. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that to try to be little. I'm trying to say that to encourage you because it's all about perspective. In other words, it's all about the mind. It's all about the way you see things, okay? What's he say? He, he, so, so you've got to be asking yourself, Paul, why are you saying that? For our light affliction, notice not only that, which is but for a moment. Just a moment. Well, no, it's not a moment. It's been going on for years. No, no, that's, well, that's a moment. What's years compared to eternity? It's just a moment. It was going to be the rest of Paul's life, but that was just a moment. Just a moment. Just, just a few moments. Which is but for a moment, worketh for us. Let's think about that. Because what, what, what we're seeing right here is, is where you and I have the potential to live. We have the potential to live in a place to where when our afflictions come, we're able to see them as light afflictions. You say, preacher, I, I don't know if I could ever imagine my afflictions as light afflictions. You can. You absolutely can. You can look at your light affliction. Your affliction is light. You can look at your affliction as just for a moment. You can even do this. He said, this affliction, it's working for me, man. You, you, something that works for you. Think about it. If you're, if you're a boss, you own a company, and you have people working for you, you're usually paying those people, and they're benefiting you. Something that's working for you is like, you know, so, somebody has a diet that's working for them. Somebody has an exercise that's working for them. Somebody has some program that's working for them. Hey, man, it's really working for me. And then Paul says, by the way, these afflictions are working for me, man. Are your afflictions working for you? No, these are against me. All these things, it's like uh, uh, Jacob, if you remember. By the way, it's interesting in the book of Genesis when, when Jacob, when God called him Jacob instead of Israel, because he said, Jacob said, when he found out about all that was going on, that what, what would happen with Joseph, now that which was happening with his sons, things were just getting worse now in his life. You know, Simeon was held back in Egypt. They couldn't go back unless they took Benjamin, and they weren't going to let Simeon go. It was just, they, they were starving to death. And, and, and Jacob, Jacob says, all these things are against me. All these things are against me. You read the story and you're like, dude, it's totally the opposite of that. All of these things are for you. All of these things are working for you. Because we know. How are we renewed day by day? Bible says by knowledge in our mind. The knowledge says, we know that all things work together for good. Not all things are good, but it's all working together for good. To them who love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. All these things are against me. So could you actually get to a place where you can say, man, I've got this light affliction just for a moment, but it's working for me. 
It's working for me a far more exceedingly exceeding weight of glory. Can I get that verse back up there again? I'm still working through it. And then he gives the key just here in a moment. And he says this, while we look. While we look. Stop right there. While we look. Not at the, oh, maybe, maybe it's the next verse then, verse 18. While we look. Not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. Because the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Man, if I could just, number one, I want to say this as I stand here. The truths that I'm presenting to you made a significant, major change in my life going back now probably 15 plus years ago. You know, because people, I think people in essence are kind of asking me that sometimes. Preacher, why are you able to, to talk about these afflictions as if they're light? Why are you able to talk about these afflictions out there in a moment? Because I've been trying to learn that for the last 15 plus years. Because I've seen something and I learned something. I'm, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm starting to know something that I didn't know before. But as I stand here and say that to you, I don't say 15 years ago, bam, I went to a level above you. You're still in elementary, I went to middle school, you know, or whatever. Or, or you're still in high school, but man, I graduated 15 years ago when I learned this. Because that's not the way it is. Because we're all still on the same level, if you will. And what I learned 15 years ago, my advantage is just day by day, I've got to remind myself of that. Day by day, I've got to look at the things. Not what you're seeing, but at the things which are not seen. Why? Because the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The thing about something that's temporary, we know that it's not something that lasts very long, but here's where I want to try to get to, okay? When I think about this thing about the mind, the renewal. We've been regenerated if you're saved. We look forward to the redemption of our bodies, but in the middle, we're being renewed. God's working, being renewed in our mind, the spirit of our minds, day by day, every single day, you know, Paul said, I die daily. You know, you could just repeat the principle over and over again. Being renewed. Does your mind ever play tricks on you? There's a couple that are admitting it. Uh, your mind ever play tricks on you? Uh, I can think of an old song. My mind are playing tricks on My mind's playing tricks on me. Um, it wasn't a good song, though, come to think about it. But anyway, uh, my mind's playing tricks on me. Um, but, and here's what I, just think of an example of this. Do you know anybody that's scared of snakes? Like really scared of snakes? Do you know, some, you are Thora? Do you know anyone who is so scared of snakes? My grandma was this way. My grandma was so scared of snakes. <laughs> Chad's like, you could get a rubber snake. My grandma would react toward a rubber snake the same way that she would react toward a real snake. Anybody else, anybody like that? Can't even stand to see a rubber snake, you know. Or if it's a rat, can't even stand to see the rubber rat, you know. Whatever it is. Just can't, I mean, just, and you, you react. Your mind's playing tricks on you. You, I mean, my grandma knew that was a rubber snake. Maybe not at first. But she reacted as if it was a real snake. But even after she processed it and said, wait a second. 
That ain't real. Jesse's messing with me again. That's just his old rubber snake, you know. Uh, and, and, and yet I'm, but she, didn't, she does not say, oh, just a rubber snake, no big deal, no fear. Nope, she's still freaking out. Here, Nana, you want, you know, get the, you know, get it away. Right? Uh, I feel bad now because she died of a heart attack from that. I'm just, I'm just kidding, I promise. Uh, it wasn't that. Uh, it was emphysema, but... Um, that, but, but, but it would scare Nana when I would... Uh, but, but I'm saying that's not reasonable. Now, you may laugh at my Nana today, and you may laugh at others in here that may have that same type of reaction toward a rubber snake, but I, what, I, what I'm going to tell you today is that every single one of us have many other rubber snakes in our lives. Things that aren't really real. Things that are temporal. And we believe them. And we, re we react to them as if, as if they are real. Many of us don't believe that we're actually victorious in Christ and have the ability to overcome sin in our lives. That's our rubber snake. I just can't do it. My mind keeps telling me that that snake is real. My mind keeps telling me that I have to have it, that I have to do it. And... But the problem is, without having the proper knowledge of what God says, you know, imagine that somehow my Nana didn't know the difference between a rubber snake and a real snake because she just didn't have the knowledge that they actually make rubber snakes and that this rubber snake has no ability to harm her. She just Imagine that somehow she just had no way to know that or that she never learned that. You'd say, well, that'd be pretty stupid. I mean, but, or, man, I'm trying to get better. Ignorant. Uh... I've got a thesaurus. I do. I've got a thesaurus and I'm working on it. But uh, I, I say that uh, because uh, uh, the, 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 only, uh, the only bad word that uh, little uh, Ryan Hunt knows is the S word, and he learned it from the pastor. The S word. He learned stupid uh, from the pastor. So the stupid. Uh, so it's like I'm trying to do something different than, than stupid. You got to keep repeating it. But what if my grandma just didn't get it? See, we know, the Bible says repeatedly. How are we renewed? Through knowledge. We're renewed, we, we're, we're, we're transformed. How are we transformed? By the renewing of our minds. How is our minds transformed? Through knowledge, through truth. And what we need to learn to do, and what my job is, and what my passion is, is to try to equip you with truth. The frustrating thing for me is that I'd say frustrating, but not like in a, oh my gosh, would you just get it already kind of way. Not like that at all, but just in a way to where I still, still see you freaking out over your rubber snake. And it breaks my heart. And I come to you and I say, wait, dude, that's not real. You're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Hey, that's not real. Did you just say these trials are against you? Well, no, that's, that's not real. God's working these trials in your favor. Okay? Did you just say that, 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 that I feel utterly alone? Okay, I get that you feel utterly alone, but, but, but you get that you're not, right? You get that that's not real. I mean, I don't know if y'all can help me with some other examples if you kind of get, you know, if you're, if you're kind of picking up what I'm laying down right now. 
if you're getting what I'm saying, but it's like, that's the, that's the thing. I, I talk to some people, it's, it's just amazing. It's, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing sometimes. You're talking to somebody and they're telling you about their rubber snake. This needs to be a message on with a rubber snake. And I need to get rubber snakes up here and throw them at people that are scared of snakes. Um, just to break them of it, right? Uh, just kidding. But anyway, uh, bring out the olives. Yes, thank you. I was trying to think of that. Uh, one of the best clips in TV history. Um, Thank you. Look it up. Bring out the olives. That's what we're going to do. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Melanie. That was you read my mind, but I couldn't get it there. So, um, but, 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 you're, but here's the thing. I talk to people, and it's just like, uh, well, yeah, brother, but you understand that this is what God says about you. This is what God says about your sin. What, what about when you're trying to tell somebody, you know, you, you got those earthly lusts. I, I think about to the extreme. I think about to the extreme the lies that we are told. I think about the extreme, I, I look at the young people, but it's not just young people. The, the lies young people are told. I think about young people. I think about singles, people who are single. The lies that they're told when it, when it comes to purity. When it comes to some of God's thou shalt nots. When it comes to married people who may be tempted in immorality. Right? The lie is, man, you need to go make yourself happy. And the lie is, young people, God is trying to keep something from you by trying to keep you pure. He does not want you to have any fun, let me tell you. It's not that. He knows the sorrow. He's trying to keep you from pain. He's trying to preserve you so you can have fun eventually. Real fun. Amen? And, and, and what, a, what a joy. And, and even, even if people's messed up, that's, that's, there's still an option of that. But what a joy it is for, for a young person to say, you know what, I'm pure, I'm a virgin, I'm going to stay that way because God is so mean and cruel. No, because God knows that I could try to have this little temporary fun that ain't so fun later when I'm emotionally broken, right? Not so fun then. But God knows, man, I'm going to get married one day and I'm going to really have fun. And, and, and make no mistake about it, this isn't a, uh, primarily an adult class, but so I'll say relations between a man and a woman were meant and created by God for pleasure, not just for procreation. For pleasure, for intimacy, for communication. And God wants you to be able to preserve that and hold that to the extreme of a young person or an individual who is not yet married that would be married one day. And for that one who is not married, they're said, or that's single, uh, they might say, well, yeah, well, what about me? Let me tell you something. God still has your best interest at heart. But the lie is, because here's the sad thing. Even people who are trying to live pure and do right are almost saying, nope, I'm going to make myself suffer. God's so, God's so mad at me, you know, or God's so cruel and restrictive and all that. But, 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 but he's a good God, and I'm, or I'm scared of him, and I don't want to cross that line. What, no, no, no. He's good. And he wants your best. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to have true joy, true happiness. My point is, look at that. The, the, the lies that we believe. The lies that we believe. So what's your rubber snake today? What is your rubber snake? What is the, the thing that you believe that it's not logical? It may be logical, and, but I've got to end with a couple of these, uh, I'll, I'll end with a couple of these deals that, uh, 
I thought we're, I thought we're really good here. All right, so we're thinking about this. So to summarize, I'm going to try to summarize here in four short paragraphs. Maybe five. Okay. Uh, to summarize, your salvation was a one-time decision. This is so good, by the way. Some of you preachers in here might want to write this down or get it. This is so good. Your salvation was a one-time decision that began an everyday process that leads to a someday completion. A one-time decision that leads to an everyday process that leads to a someday completion. But he's not done. This is good. This is Kerry Schmidt, not me. Jesus regenerates you instantly. Regenerates you instantly. Renews you daily. And redeems you eventually. Regeneration is the moment of salvation. Renewal is your daily struggle of growth. Redemption is your eternal hope that which you can anticipate and look forward to with patience. Your eternal destination is sealed and certain. Your daily growth is up to Jesus working, and listen, your yielding to Him. Your eternal destination is sealed and certain. Your daily growth is up to your yielding to Him by faith, which is to say believing what He says. Your ultimate hope is the promise that one day Jesus will redeem you from the struggle. Can I get amen right there? One day Jesus will redeem you from the struggle and give you a perfect sinless body in a perfect forever. Until we see Jesus, we're caught in between. This is at times a precarious and frustrating place to be. Thankfully, we're saved and safe. Our sin was nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ we don't need to fear any punishment or separation from God for our sin. We're trapped in a fleshly body that still struggles every day. We're not who we were, thanks to Jesus, but we're not yet who we will be. You're not where you were. We can accept that, but we can also appropriate it. You are not who you used to be. You're a new creature with a new Savior and a new life. Much of it is unrealized. But all the potential is within you by the grace of God. I think that's tremendous. So if we're going to be renewed by knowledge in our minds, the Bible says that we've got to learn to take advantage of a beautiful, beautiful gift that God gave us, and that is this, the ability to only think one thought at a time. You decide what it's going to be. But I'll tell you what's, going to, what's, what's something that's going to greatly help you Think the right thoughts. The Word. How do you get the Word? How do you learn the Word? How do you know the Word? Yeah, read it. Try that. Start there. You say, I don't understand it. You don't need to. You do need to. But, 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 but read it. Just read it. Be faithful to read it. You know, I say that because somebody like me that's, you know, had struggles uh, when reading, especially as uh, when I first got saved and, and comprehending and so forth, uh, man, just read it. Be faithful to read. It's like going to the gym and saying, "Man, I don't want to. I don't. I want to go back to the gym anymore." Man, I'm weak. <laughs> oh well, you just went the once. Yeah, but man, that, this stuff was heavy. I couldn't even lift it. Well, go a little lighter, and you lift that a few times, and now all of a sudden, right? Well, with, with the Word of God. I mean, you, you you hear the Word of God. You know the Word of God. 
and uh, you, you get stronger, you believe. So, so what's some opportunities to, you said read it, what's some other ways in re, that you can get this truth? 100%. Communicate it with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. By the way, church is a good place to do that. Church is a good place to do that. You know that we, we don't use guilt to motivate people to come to church. But man, I beg you to come to church. And not just to be selfish. Oh, I don't really need it, Pastor. I'm doing really good. Oh, Well, good. But I'm not. Maybe you could come and encourage me. Maybe you could come share with me how you're doing so good. Right? So come. I mean, any chance you get, get together with a believer. Come to church. I mean, whatever opportunity you have to encourage and share with one another. I mean, so anyway, I have to just stop right there. But I, but I hope that you'll see that you don't have to be afraid of your rubber snakes. Amen? Believe the truth. God will give you victory. Amen?